With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Got it! Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got it! Hello, all of our listeners out there. You're joined by Glenn and Aaron this evening. Again, it's just the two of us. How are you, Glenn? Hello, I am fantastic. Uh, Thanks for helping me out just there. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we've got um, a little bit of, well, there's a lot of cricket going on. We're actually, there's about to be cricket going on, which is very exciting. We're recording this right before play of the New Zealand uh, versus England first test. So we're keen to get this wrapped up and get home and watch some cricket. Um, but we thought for this one, because it's also the Stephen Mark's birthday. Yep. Stephen Mark war, iconic Australian cricketers of the uh, the 90s and 2000s. Uh, I was reading that it's also Stephen Smith's birthday. Uh, Do they share a birthday or is it just very close together? I think it might be close. To, I'm not sure. Like a day, a couple of days apart. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. you know, these things line up on the internet, flashes <laughs> up on Facebook and gives you yeah. reminders. Um, yeah, so we thought we'd have a bit of a chat. I mean, we are talking about how good, um, you know, the War Brothers are, and then we sort of talked about uh, how Australia's got a fairly rich history of having uh, family members play. You've got the Lees, you've got the Chapels, you've got the Marshes. Well, Marshes aren't quite so rich. Um, <laughs> and then we thought, well, I thought, let's put it this way, I'm, I, I won't do this wee thing. I made him do it. We thought we put together an eleven, a playing eleven made up purely of playing of of family pairs. So yeah. you had to pick either a father, son, a brother, or uncle, nephew combination, mm-hmm. and you had to pick a pair of them. So if you had a brother, that, yep. or one brother that was really really good at cricket, and one brother that wasn't quite so good, you had to take them both. So you had to sort of balance it off. Um, you know, like uh, to make you make your team up. So I was looking, for example, looking at Richard Hadley, and I was like, "Yes, Richard Hadley, the guy's awesome. I love Richard Hadley." And then looked at all of his relatives, yeah. and I'm like, "I don't love Richard Hadley that much because they're all passengers." <laughs> well, it's it's. I think it's an interesting selection in a kind of way because it brings in the kind of grade cricket mentality <laughs> as well, where it's like, "Oh yes, I would love to have you in my team. Uh, can my brother come too?" Like, uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> is he any good? Is he any good? Oh, yeah, he's all right. He bats at seven and bowls a bit. <laughs> That's what you always get, right? Uh, yeah, he probably bats at, you know, six, six, seven or eight, and you bowl him a few overs, and it's like, great. It's everyone else in our side. <laughs> yeah. um, Can't all bat at seven. But, yeah, so essentially what happened was, as, as is tradition, I didn't do the homework. Uh, Aaron did. And then we we got here, and uh, so essentially Aaron picked one and a half elevens, <laughs> and uh, I did some of the work <laughs> on my team. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, it works out. Thus, that you know, thanking you at the top, which will not make sense to our listeners, uh, but now it does. 
<laughs> so uh, we thought we'd have a bit of a chat about our fondest war memories. Yep. And uh, then we'll move in and we'll tell you guys the 11s that we came up with, our, our, our all-relative 11s. Beautifully bold. Glenn, the War Brothers. For such a long time, they have been an institution of Australian cricket, especially the whole time I've been growing up watching it. I've always had the, had the Steve War's just stoic grit and determination and utter refusal to get out and scoring hundreds through sheer force of will, a yep. front foot defence, a cut mm-hmm. shot and a slog sweep, and yep. then Mark at the other end scoring effortless... 70s and 80s, playing every shot in the book, and then just when it looks like, yeah, he's going to go on and score, and he gets out. Yeah. Yeah, just finds a way. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he wasn't great at, at, at making the uh, hundreds into big hundreds either. Um, even when he got there, he, you know, I think his top score is like 140 or something like I think that. One, did he get a 150? 150-ish, not out, mm. maybe, I think. Maybe, around there. maybe in one day. As I know I know a couple of times in one day as he just went absolutely crazy. Um, and he was that kind of player, Mark Wall, where you just, it, when he was on, you just couldn't bowl anywhere to him. Um, whereas Steve, it was just always like watching... Uh, Watching Frodo go up the, the hill in Mount Doom. And <laughs> Just utter refusal to be yeah. beaten. Well, yeah. I remember watching a game, well, highlights mainly I remember, but I know I remember watching it very, very young and then hearing about the innings and then when I had time to appreciate it, went back and watched highlights of Mark Waugh just flaying a West Indian attack all around the park after they yeah. made the top order look like they were playing with tennis rackets. And then Mark Waugh comes out and they're, you know, the West Indian bowlers are, you know, breathing fire and just as dangerous as they've always been and bounces everywhere. And Mark Waugh looked completely at home and scored probably one of the best hundreds of his career. Yeah. And he's just like, where is that guy all the time? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I suppose that is the danger that you get with um, when you've got a free-flowing batsman like that is that you've yeah. got to put up with. He makes it look easy, but uh, he, you know, as as he always says, you know, it wasn't easy, guys. So I actually was trying. <laughs> yeah, what is it? The that the laconic versus lazy yeah. argument that comes up a lot, which, you know, sometimes gets given to Usman Khawaja. In a, he's, they say he's very Mark War-like, mm. um, which I don't think is fair on uh, Mark War. I think Mark War was a much classier player than yeah. Khawaja ever was. Well, I mean, batting alone, he was a better batsman still. I mean, his, his stats really fell away late in his career, but he, he spent a good part of his career with a, an average in the mid 40s. And he had to play against, like I said, played every other game against the West Indies. So yeah. that's never good for anyone's batting uh, averages. And then you take into account that you could put it anywhere in the field. And uh, Oh, yeah. And abs- like, what? There's been some very good fielders that have played for Australia. And you'd probably say Mark was the best that we've had. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he's up there for sure. And handy enough with the ball as well. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, the, the, the difference is, you know, Mark Wall spent a lot of time in at second slip, but also they they could put him anywhere. They could move him outfield. Gully point, yep. cover, outfield. Short mid-wicket. Um, yeah. But yeah, so 128 tests for Mark, 8,000 runs at a test average of 42 with 20 hundreds, 47 fifties, and a top score of 153 not out. Um, to go with 244 one-dayers where he averaged 40, 18 hundreds, 50 fifties, 8,500 runs. And again, like I said, this is playing through the, the 90s yeah. Thousands where you we know, played to the boundary back then. Played to the boundary and two forty was a winning score. Like yeah. that was pack up, go home. They're not chasing two forty. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it, an incredible batsman, but unfortunately, often gets overshone by Steve, who is slightly older, four minutes older. Yeah. <laughs> um. Who also was the captain of the side? One hundred sixty-eight tests, nearly eleven thousand runs, an average of fifty, thirty-two hundreds. Um. 200 not out, ODIs, obviously not as good as his brother, but still a very good player. Uh, 300s, 45 50s, average of 33 with a top score of 120. Yeah, um, I mean, because of the way he played, he just didn't suit one day as well. And, and he, I don't think he ever really was in the top order. 
Um, he'd always play about five, which is a, a difficult yeah. position. Well, I suppose when he came into the side too, he was picked as an all-rounder, so he would have played yeah. a lot in that five, six, sort of seven-ish yeah. position. Um, but yeah, these guys were just the backbone of the Australian success through the, the 90s and the 1000s. They were just synonymous with Australian cricket. It was... yeah. And so many, so many memories, so many Ashes series, World Cup moments, yeah. Um, one like, day is Test matches. I like the fact that they uh, honed their skills playing indoor cricket as well. Um, that's no, that is that is a a thing. Apparently, you go on YouTube, you can find rare footage of them back in the early nineties with their mullets. You know, maybe that's the, why the, they had so many issues when they were running between the wickets together because they're yeah. so used to playing where they only have to run half the pitch. Yeah. That drives me nuts about that game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it because, like, <laughs> like you, you can only hit the ball so far, but, yeah, it's just like, I'll get it. Uh, uh. He's already there. And then you got them, yeah. you know, man-catting already. Well, yeah, cooping yeah. up the wicket. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's such a story to the to them as well. So, obviously, that they're, um, they're twins. Um, Steve got first crack at the Australian side, and then for Mark Waugh to get his debut in the Australian side, it cost Steve his spot. So yep. would have been a very like jokes all the time. Can it would you have been imagine, an awkward like, family? He dinner. would have had really conflicting emotions because he's been he's been dropped, and you know the, the story they tell is like uh, I've been dropped for this bloke here, you know, to his mum, and then <laughs> your little brother by four minutes. Goes out and scores a hundred on debut, and you're like, "Oh, well, here we go." When am I going to get back in the side? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just it's a um, weird dynamic, and it would have been like a really conflicting mo- time for the parents as well, because obviously you want to you want to console your you know it's a big deal, obviously playing for Australia. You want to console your son who's you know been mm. playing for a while and has been dropped, and that's a horrible moment, but you don't want to overdo it. Because you want to celebrate that your other son is is playing, and then by the yeah. same token, you don't want to overdo that and make Steve. Yeah, it would have just been uh, yeah. really awkward. Well, but it took Steve War a long time to score a Test hundred as well. Twenty twenty seven matches. Yeah, it's kind of it's an interesting microcosm of their career, really. Like Mark War just gets up first go, bang, hundred on debut. Uh, Steve War has to <laughs> has to grind spend twenty seven tests. Just, uh, yeah. He certainly got a taste for them after he scored his first one. That's for yeah. sure. Mm. Um, was it finished on 3,200s and, uh, yeah, scored that first one and never looked back. I mean, you know, Steve's got some fantastic moments. I think my uh, my, my two favourite Steve War hundreds, the first is obviously the last ball of the day, 100. Yeah. It's Sydney. I mean, I think it's got to be everyone. That's their token favourite Steve War 100, I think. you, you got to ask yeah. everyone what their there's, second favourite Steve There was so Steve much War. pressure on him. Uh, I mean, that one is memorable. I don't think it was that big in the context of the game. It was more that people people loved the guy, you know. It just, just Well, that was when they were going around and they had like a news report. It's been yeah. X amount of days since Steve War's average has been above 50 yeah. and then they'll count for since the last time he scored 100. Yeah. Plus, um, I mean, they'd, they'd been part of the the son of family for so long um and he was coming up to his retirement yeah i think just, he, he ended up retiring the next summer of i yeah so yeah so he only had one more home summer in him again it yeah. was against india i mean it was a it was a great hundred but i mean probably not the biggest of his career just no. it just had a but there's so much theater to it i think exactly. you know it was the last yeah. ball of the day and then adam gilchrist like <laughs> nearly pulling a hamstring to make sure that he ran the runs quick enough to get him back on strike for yeah, that that's last right. ball like there's no yeah. way in any other moment yeah. in a test match if adam gilchrist takes that run in any other moment steve Orr is staring at him going what are you doing <laughs> like it's a test match you numpty <laughs> but like everyone's like everyone knew it and like so gilly's in there and Amongst yeah. it and then to spank the four on the last ball. Um, my other favourite one was, I think it was the 2001 Ashes in England. Yeah. I think it was he had a, he has Old a Trafford. very good uh, good record in England, Steve yeah. War. I think he averages like 70 or something over there. Um, and this is a game, and really wasn't a difficult 100. Australia well on top. I'm pretty sure Ponting and Hayden 
was it Ponting and Gilchrist had also scored hundreds in the game and Steve Waugh was coming up to his. Yeah. And we were nine down. He was on 98 and Glenn McGrath comes st- you know, strutting out to the <laughs> crease as he With always those does. pads that always looked a bit too small for him. And he walks up <laughs> and um, Steve Waugh comes out because at this point they that Steve Waugh was McGrath's batting buddy, which was, you know, yeah. the, the top order batsman right. take a uh, – uh, a, a bowler under their wing and they sort of work on the batting with them. So he was, he was yeah. McGrath's batting buddy and you come up and Steve, you know, do the whole like, you know, fist bump sort of thing. The batsmen get together and have a chat, you know, the ball's doing this, good luck, you know, just head down, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. McGrath got a little bit animated and waved his arms about and, you know, gave him some enthusiastic fist bumps and they walked off and, you know, he ends up scoring a hundred and I think they end up putting on another 10 or 15 runs before mm. McGrath gets out. Yeah. And then when they're coming off the field, um, they're, they're talking to, to Steve Waugh and he goes, um, you know, did you have any, you know, pressures on? You're on 98 at the time and McGrath's come to the crease and we all know what he's like with the bat. You know, did you, what sort of words of wisdom did you have for him to, you know, sort of make sure he was there to get you to the 100? And I said, I went to start to tell him stuff and he just went, ah, stop. Just you don't get out. <laughs> and that was the whole conversation. I'll do, I'll do my bit. <laughs> McGrath. Oh, that is so McGrath. McGrath just comes strutting out. <laughs> you, you know, the captain's on 98. You know, you're an absolute muppet with the bat. They, <laughs> but, but he's just so confident that, that things are going to turn out. You know, they, like. they call him the ferret because they go in after the bunnies sort of thing. Uh, like that's, yeah. that's where, like, he's just such his reputation. He just comes out with this swagger. And, nah, uh, I got you. <laughs> just you don't get out. And to be fair, he's 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 got some like low pressure, like a low but like low scores, but high pressure situations. We all remember Bevan, yeah, and that sort of squeeze of the bat pad <laughs> to get Bevan on the strike. Yeah, just run. Well, him. funny, like yeah. McGrath had um, in that 05 Ashes series, he had the best average out of any batsman in that series. He wasn't dismissed. Yeah. He had well, lots of not outs, and he had a thing. Yeah, he had a twenty and a thirty. That, yeah, just after that, he made a fifty. <laughs> was it not against yeah, yeah. New Zealand? You could, uh, you no, it was. Be- it was before that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was. McGr- it was Clark's oh, right, first okay. home Test series. Yeah, that's right. I think oh four, maybe. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yes. but yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, so he was just coming off a fifty and feeling good, going yeah. to the Ashes. Yeah. Scoring runs for fun. And that, and that slog sweet. That was that was all Steve War. That was that was what. <laughs> yeah, he, that's the, that that's was, his that was him imparting his wisdom. <laughs> All right. I think the other fa- the other iconic Steve War one is when he, you know, obviously the red rag came out and wiping his brow, and they ended up just limping for that final run because yeah. he had a torn hammy or calf or something like that, and he ends up just big dive. You know, his helmet digs into the ground and doesn't even yeah. get to his feet. He just looks up, sort of nudges the grill a bit so it's not covering his eyes while he's still prone on the ground, just holds his bat up and goes, yeah, <laughs> I did it. Go me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's just what I love about Steve is just he's, yeah. nah, uh-uh. you haven't got me out yet. I'm going nowhere. You're not yeah. getting this. That's no it. way. Yeah. This is my wicket. He would just bat all day like that. Um, But, I mean... The uh, for for a bunch of twins, a bunch of twins, a couple of twins, um, they didn't always communicate so well between no. the wickets. No, I, I, I remember multiple occasions where they ran each other out, and I think on one occasion, one of them was run out by the other when they were on ninety nine. I believe what happened. Now I can't remember exactly what year it was, but I think it was like late nineties. Um, what had happened is. Um, St- uh, Mark Waugh had gotten out. Steve Waugh was in the 90s, 99 or something like that. And they had sent Mark Waugh back out as a runner for someone who was injured. And I, do, I, I do remember And this, I believe yeah. what happened was there was a mix-up between the two. And, Mark, and, and Mark Steve Waugh was run out for 99 with his twin at the other end. As a runner, wasn't as even a, as a As batsman. a runner, yes. <laughs> Oh, it's the old Mark's really fast, and they're brothers. Um, it's got what could go wrong. I'm gonna, Next minute, exactly. I'm gonna have to find the footage of that. That surely, in some, you know, Ro Belinda's got to have it somewhere stashed in his, you know, his collection of videos, his archive of cricket yeah. treasures. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember that. Um, yeah, and just yeah, Steve had a very foul look on his. Face. <laughs> 
because he yeah. didn't score. It was a one dayer, and Steve didn't score many one day hundreds. No, that wasn't his. That wasn't his thing. No, I mean you don't from number five. Well, at least you didn't. It's it's more of a thing now that it's possible. But yeah. But yeah, I think, and as we'll we'll see later on, we get to the all it's all relative eleven. I think they're probably the. There's been some storied brothers that have played for Australia, and I think the yeah. wars have got to be probably got to be the best. I think they pipped the chapels for mine. Yeah, Greg yeah. and Ian were very good. Yeah, they were good. Um, so that's that's the less said about Trevor, the better. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, Trev. <laughs> and to say that you're um. That you're a better as brothers as than Ian and and Greg is a is a pretty yeah. big deal. Like they were both terrific players for Australia. Mm-hmm. A lot of people rate Greg is probably our second or third best batsman of all time. Yeah, so uh, it's it do, he doesn't he's not at the top of my list because I, I we never saw him play. But you know you hear plenty of things about how how good he was. Mm. So yeah, so I think that all that's uh, happy birthday to the War Brothers. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for all of the memories and the entertainment, and uh, you know for Mark getting out and I think he's one of the better commentators going around as well. Yeah, I, I would say so. And, and Steve is one of the best uh, chemist advertisers that I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> you've got you've got to make <laughs> make a buck somehow. He puts a lot of work behind the scenes back into cricket, and I just do love the complete nonchalance that he has for for Shane Warne and. <laughs> And Shane Warne's feuds. Yeah. What's the feud like between you and Shane Warne? I don't know. I'm not in a feud, you know. <laughs> yeah. Just doesn't exactly. give it any Just airtime at all. No drama, no nonsense. No, don't even care. Don't even care. Yeah. So happy birthday to the both of you. I hope you've had yep. a, a cracking day. Um, all the best from Two Slips in the Gully. And thank you very much for everything you've done for cricket in Australia. Yeah, exactly. Merry birthday, guys. He's got him! Knocked him over! The pressure was too much! Continuing on with the uh, the family theme, the brother theme, uh, like we talked about at the top, we're going to announce uh, our uh, It's All Relative 11. So just uh, so if you weren't, can't remember, the rules were we had to pick a playing 11 or playing 12 because usually you've got to pick them in pairs. Yep. Um, and they had to either be father, son, brother, uh, or uncle, nephew. Yep. Had to have played international cricket at some level. Um, preferably test cricket, but if there was ever a point where they hadn't played a lot of test cricket, then you had to make your argument that uh, they would have made a, a pretty decent test cricketer if given the given the opportunity. Yep. And so from there, we went through and picked. Uh, we didn't have a rule at the outset that we couldn't pick the same players, but I think we, considering Glenn didn't do his homework before, yep. um, <laughs> before we got here, we tried to make sure that they were uh, a little bit different. So obviously it was a bit more of a talking point. Yep. So I'll let you lead off, Glenn. Let's go with your It's All Relative 11. Okay. Uh, I'm opening up with the Kirsten brothers. So uh, Gary and Gary and Paul. Peter Kirsten. Um, so Gary Kirsten is is relatively well known, a, a pretty successful opening batsman for South Africa. Uh, his brother was a somewhat less successful opener, but uh, I think given a, a few more opportunities, he might have turned around. Uh, he played a lot of first class cricket, um, as in over 300 games or something like that. I did have his stats up before. Um, played a long time in uh, English first-class county cricket. Um, average mid-40s the there. Uh, had yeah, some- so 44 in first-class cricket with 5,700s opening the batting. Yeah, so. Exactly. So uh, handy off-spinner too. Um, yeah. You also made the point that uh, South Africa's selection policy probably also didn't help um, Peter, Pete, Kirsten. Peter Kirsten's uh, continued presence in the side. Yeah, only played 12 tests. At an average of 30, right, you, you'd probably think that they'd get another shot. You know, 30's not great, but it's sort of like that level where it's like, okay, we might go back to you if we, we need you. Yeah, he also had uh, four fifty. So he had five scores over fifty in twelve tests, which is you know as a, as an opener, that's that's mm. not too bad, especially in the early nineties for uh, for South Africa. So they'd yep. still be coming back from apartheid then, and still putting their, their team back together. Yeah. So he only ended up playing between ninety two and ninety four. Um, yeah. And his his ODI record's good too, with uh, uh, forty ODIs at a. 
Average of 40. Average of 40. Didn't end up knocking over 100 in that one. But still, yeah, so he looks like a player that's given the opportunity because county cricket at that point would have been very, still very competitive. So that that average, that first class average sort of sort of says a lot. So, yeah, cool. cool. Openers. Number three. Uh, Well, I've just got the Chapel brothers. Uh, I suppose Ian would go down into the middle order, but Greg is a more than capable number three. Yep. Uh, well, we've already spoken about the the chapels, but um, yeah, Greg Chapel, uh, test average of fifty four, I think it was, uh, something like that. And Ian Chapel, known as probably one of our great captains, um, definitely a, a sort of passable player at uh, test level. Um, oh yeah, he was well, he was very good. Even I think he was what yeah mid forties, forty two, forty two. Um, he would have got. Over five thousand runs, so yeah, yeah he was known as a very good, good leader. Obviously, that people. doesn't count his. Um, well, neither of those stats will count their World Series cricket stats, which are also very impressive. I'm pretty mm. sure Greg Chapel was the leading run scorer for World Series cricket. Right. Um, yeah. So he's either, actually, I don't know. No, like stat- one of the Pollocks was. I'm pretty sure, yeah. but. So his stats read well, but he was even better than those stats. Yeah, and um, and like you said, fifty three point eight. Or for Greg, um, 7,000 test runs, and widely regarded by many as right up there as one of our one of our very very best. Yep. Okay. So that's uh, so we'll go say what three and four or at least. Yeah. Well, there is a guy coming up next who uh, I definitely picked by myself just off the top of my head, and didn't get help in any way from Google or Aaron or. <laughs> Um, I feel the fact that you're explaining this much means that you might be fibbing. Uh, might be, maybe. Um, there's a guy back in the 40s and 50s, and I'm just trying to remember whether I saw him play or not. <laughs> uh, he's, his name was Sir Everton Week. Oh, well, he's got a uh, sir in front of his name, so exactly. he has to be good. I mean, you've, yeah. Um, and he also had a son named David Murray who – Handily enough, I believe, was a wicketkeeper. I think that's why you ended up making that choice because you yeah. were struggling for a keeper. Yeah, but uh, Sir Everton Weeks, I honestly, I'd never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> but you read his stats, high 50s in in that era. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, like 58 was his test average over a long period of time for the West Indies. In the Frank Worrell, did you say the Frank Worrell era? Yeah. So, would you like me to take over for this one a little bit? Yeah, exactly. I think the <laughs> I think the ruse is up. Um, <laughs> so yeah. he played forty eight tests uh, for the West Indies uh, with an average of fifty eight, fifteen hundreds, nineteen fifties, uh, nearly five thousand runs. Um, so he played from. Uh, 1948 through to 1958. So that yeah. era of international cricket played with Post Frank, Bradman. Frank Just Worrell, Clyde Walcott, um, and they were known as some of the, the hardest hitters in world cricket. Right. Um, he amassed over for 12,000 He would have played with, with Gary Sobers, yes. Oh, no. Okay. I don't know if Sobers quite snuck in. Yeah. At that point. But, right, um, yeah. yeah, over 12,000 first-class runs was an incredibly talented batsman. Yep. Um, so, yeah. And and then um, we snuck in with uh, with the uh, oh no he would have he would have played with a bit sober so it was fifty four yeah. just having a look now so yeah, yeah he would have got a yeah they a were best mates I remember now uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah that would have been a quite a side to to watch in full swing yep. um, so David Murray uh, has a very interesting backstory so he was a guy mm-hmm. that uh, was desperately trying out to play um, for the West Indies side got a bit of a run a handyish keeper. Uh, only 21 with the bat in 19 tests, but a, a respectable average of about 30 in first-class cricket, so certainly didn't look uh, too out of place. But g- yep. kept getting stuck behind people, like Jeffrey Dujon was a the guy they went to, and we all yep. know that he had a nice long run on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, he was one of the guys that um, went on the Rebel Tours to South Africa. And so, right. um, yeah, as far as sort of everything, he, was, um, uh, he wasn't – didn't st- – Stay away from controversy in his right. time in the side. So yep. it's um, yeah, wasn't it wasn't a story career, but I uh, thought that yeah, it was a nice way to sort of. Here's a first class double hundred. Yeah, so like he he was a guy that 
had the skills, just never quite lined up for him, unfortunately. Yeah. And then, um, of course, the the result of those Rebel Tours were that they weren't eligible to play for their national side ever uh, again. They were banned for life. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a mm. unfortunate, a career that went begging. Yeah. So what's that? So that's one, two, three, four, five, and seven or six, I'm assuming. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, he'll he'll probably be bat seven, and we'll bring the next guy up. Uh, so I've I've gone somewhat controversially. Uh, Shane Lee Do and like Brett Lee. Controversy. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guys from so six and look, Shane Lee. Yeah, I mean, it was it was his it was his guitar playing that got him in. Um, <laughs> we know the bloke who taught these guys to play play their instruments. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got he's he's a big deal. He plays at the pub sometimes that we that we frequent. <laughs> but I mean, like you you read Shane Lee's overall stats, um, and of course he had to retire early uh, in his early thirties. Um, first class level, he had a batting average of thirty nine, and a bowling average of forty. One so day is certainly more his game with, with yeah. the ball. Uh, mm. His national national record was twenty five, and his list A average was twenty six. Yeah, but yeah, you could tell that he was a skilled player, and you know yeah. we are make, it's all relative. So it has narrowed down. One of the big problems we both had putting this side together is we we'd find so many players like yes that guy I'll pick him, and then he's yeah. related to this guy, and you click on this guy, uh, and he was he's terrible. Where it's like, yeah. oh, well, like he's not that good that I can pick the other guy as well. Yeah. But no, like, so I'm, if if we get Brett Lee, we we'll we'll definitely have Shane along. You know, it, uh. Shane was in his heyday was a handy cricketer, a handy yeah. right arm medium bowler. You know, mm-hmm. did enough with the ball, keep you honest. Yep, bat sort of six seven ish sort of area. Yeah, you know? I think I think he was just about to explode, and then he did his back in. Um. <laughs> anyway, I like Shane Lee. He could hit a big ball. Oh yeah, <laughs> like I mean. We all remember Brett Lee taking that one over the stand at the Gabba, and I, but I remember Shane Lee hitting some big bombs in one-day internationals very consistently. Uh, anyway. Well, that's seven and eight, so we're just nine, ten, eleven, and twelve now. All right. Bowlers were hard. Um, so <laughs> in the uh, in the cop-out stakes, because you get one cop-out where the uh, the – their sibling is kind of not quite up to scratch. And, and they, they can play 12th man. Yeah, they can carry the drinks. Uh, I, I, It was very hard to find spin bowlers. Uh, I, I believe you took a little while on your selection. Yeah, that was the hardest one to find, um, to be honest, was finding a spinner. I had to go trawling to, through the stats to find spinners. And trying to keep things uh, fresh and, and picking from all nations. I've gone uh, Paul Strange. Strang, I think you mean. Strang. Strange. I know who that is. No, I did see him play. Um, Strang. Um, and he was a leg spinner who played for Zimbabwe in the 90s, my favourite era. Um, and, yeah, leg spinner. Did pretty well for himself, really. 30-odd um, with the ball, which is yeah. pretty respectable for a side that, you know, let's be honest, was yeah. struggling a bit. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Handy with the bat, 27, 27. Like, you, you put him at eight in most sides. I've got a lot of people who could bat eight in, in this team, though. <laughs> um, so, yep, there's him. And uh, Brian Strang, uh, not so good, but uh, played tests, so he was better than me. <laughs> uh, let's have a look here. I am not Googling this at all. Oh. He's got the Civic video uh, colours. <laughs> remember when Zimbabwe had those like multicoloured ones and it was like, um, okay, sorry. I do remember. <laughs> they were good. We got so, to see them every now and then. So batted a, uh, uh, was a medium pace bowler really and uh, 26 tests, 40s. Uh, With the ball. But these first class records where you're probably looking at it. Yeah. 250 wickets at 25 in first class. So yeah. he's a guy who had a bit about him. Yeah, well, I mean... Certainly good enough to carry if the someone, drinks. If someone goes down injured, he's, he's all right. But, uh, you know, he definitely 
looking at those stats, he you just felt like he would be able to look after the water really well. And you've got and, to imagine uh, he probably played a lot of games <laughs> in the subcontinent and yeah. things like that as well. Yeah. They didn't tend to tour too yeah. often for their no. tests. So I don't remember seeing – well, the only test I remember seeing Zimbabwe come out for was that one where Hayden spanked him for 380. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Yep. And rounding out the 11 uh, – well, the 12 um, – Chris Cairns and Lance Cairns, their uh, father-son combination. Chris, uh, an excellent career. Um, well, he's a guy that could probably bat six for you and shuffle everyone down. Yep, yeah, well, I've got about four all-rounders in there, actually, <laughs> now that I think about it. But, you know, we threw it together as quick as we could. Um, Chris Cairns, uh, one of the prominent all-rounders in world cricket, Uh one of the very dangerous one day yeah, player. Probably the second best New Zealand all rounder when you take away Hadley. Yeah, um, I'd say that's probably fair. Yeah. Um and Lance Cairns well, respectable. <laughs> um from the played in a tough era for New Zealand cricket. Yeah. Yeah. And held his own. So Yeah, held his own. Average around thirty, I believe, which is I, I always think that that's pretty par. That's like acceptable but not good. Anything lower than that, if you're 25, you're really good. If you're between 20 and 25, you're like greatest ever, kind of. So it's a fair yeah. way of looking at it. Yep. No, oh, I think that's I think that's a fair side. Well done, well done, with absolutely no help at all. Good work. <laughs> no help <laughs> and uh, definitely no Google and all that. Yeah, just off the top. <laughs> um, so my one, uh, I struggled a little bit for openers to be honest, with mine. Um, So I went with Chris Broad, the father of Stuart, um, as one of my openers, and uh, and Mark Waugh. So um, Chris Broad, you know, Mm -hmm. probably was there mainly off the the talent of his son, if I'm brutally honest. Yep. Um, You've done a Scotty selection there. Uh, yeah, I have a little bit. You know, he opened in the it's, one. He it's Hashim Armour all over again. He opened in the one days. I even said when I put the team together, I'm not super happy I'm with Mark sure. War opening. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I'm pretty sure he might have like as a makeshift opener at one point, or you know. Uh, but uh, but Chris Broad, 25 tests in England, so not exactly the easiest place to bat. Yeah. Um, average 39, 600, 650. So it's mm. not a career that you turn your nose up at. Yeah. Um, so it's fairly respectable, and then and Stuart Broad, obviously, is one of the premier one fast of the, bowlers of, of this generation. He's got one over of, one of England's best, over five hundred wickets, twenty seven. Um, yeah, you know, we hate him, but we have to admit that his achievements are, are pretty. Uh, he's been uh, playing. He's been playing for what fourteen years now. I think yeah. two thousand and he didn't play in the two thousand and five Ashes. So I think it was the following year, two thousand six. Mm. Ended up debuting. Yeah, um, as a very young young kid um, in the in the national setup, and I think he was not long after that he got his test call up. So he's been playing for quite a while. Um, yeah. Stayed healthy. Five hundred wickets is yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah the, and, and the fact that we had him, and he's probably got a couple more depending on who won the toss in the uh, yeah. in the the game <laughs> that's starting tonight. So so yeah. So yeah. Uh, Chris Broad is I mean, my opener. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we hate him that much, Stuart Broad, just means that he's probably pretty good. We don't hate people that are crap at cricket, usually. That's right, especially if they play for England. If they if they play for England and yeah. we hate them, they're usually pretty good. Yep. <laughs> um, I'll go with that, what, eight for five or whatever the hell he's – eight for 15. Eight for 14, I think it was. Um, yeah, well, yeah, when we got rolled for like 29. Um, I For my number three, I went with George Headley. I cheated a little bit with this one, but I did yeah. it as a bit of a talking point. So I went grandfather and grandson with this one. So I went George Headley to bat at three and Dean yeah. Headley, his grandson, to be one of my bowlers. Now, the reason I brought this up is because it was the first time in the history of international cricket that a grandfather, a father, and a son yeah. had all ended up representing their nation. So okay. George yeah. George Headley, but, but you're not taking. You're, I'm not the, taking the father. These the father things, these things tend to skip a generation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cr- cricket, Cr- cricket, script the generation in this one. So um, <laughs> says well, me who plays second grade. <laughs> 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 uh, we can only hope that it's skipped a generation for me and my son might end up being a bit of a better cricketer than his dad. What's your dad like playing? Uh, yeah, I think I've got dad the, covered. The, the backyard. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've got him covered now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so George Hadley was one of the uh, the great cricketers going through um, in the sort of 30s and 50s for the West Indies cricket. 22 tests, 2,000 runs, average 60, 10 hundreds and 550s. Um, his first class average, he averaged 69. Really? Um, with 3,300s and 4,450s, top score 344 not out. So the guy was very... Very good mm. at what he did. Um, his did, son. Did he have a moustache? Was he that era where they all just weirdly had moustaches? I'm sure he had one at some point. Yeah. His son Ron is the one that I skipped. He played uh, two tests and an ODI and didn't really achieve a great deal. Uh-huh. And then his son Dean, who I picked, ended up representing England. Yep. Um, Dean Headley had a phenomenal performance against Australia. Probably the, the high point of his career. He ended up man mm. of the match in the 2000. Yeah, I remember that game. And three, no, he tore us apart. He 99, probably- somewhere around there. It was late, late yeah. 90s, I think. He scored um took was it six, six for by? 60 yeah. i think he got on yeah, boxing day and I think tore he got, the heart out of us they yeah. ended up winning by yeah i think he got 10 or 12 for the match something like that i remember the game well because he he just came out and uh he was a, a sort of typical english swing bowler who could just get that that theme up and and uh he started swinging the ball like he was playing in uh Southampton or Lords. <laughs> yeah. And just, yeah, yeah, tore the heart out of us. Yeah. We had a fairly easy run chase, I'm pretty sure. We're only chasing about 170 odd to win or something like that. Yep. And um, that was that area where, where it was like, Oop, small totals. <laughs> um, but yeah, ended up having a, a fairly successful career. Only played the 15 tests before retiring uh, to injury. Um, ended up with a test 60 wickets at 27. His first class career, 466 wickets at 28. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I snuck him in there probably on the, the back of his, of his grandfather was probably the, yeah. the, the bever, but he was, he could have been, own. test yeah, average I mean, at 28. I remember him coming and going quickly and it, it was one of those players where it's like, oh, what happened to him? And it was like, oh, good. <laughs> They don't have him anymore because he got injured or something. <laughs> um, so coming in at four for my side was Graham Pollock. He was the uncle of Sean Pollock. Yeah. And I don't think we need to say too much about those guys. Graham Pollock yep. is a guy that's widely considered one of the best batsmen that has really never played. Yep. He's got a test average in the 60s. Yeah. Uh, only managed to play a few because of apartheid, but he uh-huh. just dominated first-class cricket wherever he went, yep. um, right, widely regarded as one of the best players South Africa's ever produced. Yep. And and Sean Pollock is um, yeah. is quite handy himself. Gets underrated, I feel, yeah, as, as yeah. how yep. good he really was. I mean, his test averages, his test averages sort of um, rival that of, like, McGrath. McGrath, yeah, um, as a bowler. As and a then, bowler. And then he could... Could bat as well. He, he batted up in the high twenties. Four hundred and twenty wickets at twenty three. So that's yeah, that's really good. Like you said, great. twenty to twenty five, and you're looking really good. Yep. Um, one day is again three hundred ninety three wickets at twenty four, mm. and was handy enough with the bat. Score average thirty two with the bat at uh, two hundred and sixteen fifty. Thirty two. Yeah. Okay. I thought high twenties, but yep. Okay. And, into, um, into the thirties. He, and he did great. it all while having red hair, which is a cricketer is is <laughs> he, hard to do. Yeah. I mean, he's he's. I mean, everyone always talks about Callis as an all-rounder, but um, Pollock, as this kind of other spectrum, as a bowling all-rounder, is almost as good. Yeah. If, well, if you read the stats. I, yeah, um, I'd say, yeah, Callis was your batting all-rounder, 50-odd with the bat, yeah. you know, low 30s with the ball, and then you go the other way around, and you've got Pollock, who's yeah definitely an opening bowler, 23 yeah. with the ball, 32 mm. with the bat. His average, I think, went up as his career went. He became a much better batsman the yeah. longer his career went, if I, yeah. if I remember they right. Had, they had Callis and Pollock in the same side. and you, you would have thought they would have won a little more through that era. Um, I suppose it was uh, the other guys. They would yeah. have had Donald too. Hmm. Well, they were a fair side. Yeah, they were a fair side. They just didn't beat Australia that much because Australia had uh, an amazing side too. Yeah. Um, then after that, I went to Pakistan and I picked Hanif and Mushtaq Muhammad. This is the struggling to find a spinner. So um, <laughs> yep. Hanif Muhammad uh, was widely regarded when he played as one of the best, probably the best batsmen in the world at that time. Um, 
due to the fact that he didn't play as many games is probably why he's not as highly regarded and outside of those circles. But, um, yeah, just phenomenal player. Really classy batsman to watch. And then his brother, Mushtak, I was actually surprised. I remember hearing the name, but not really knowing a great deal about it because they played a lot of their cricket in the, the 50s through to the 70s. But um, yep. he was a bit of an all-rounder. 39 with the bat, 10 hundreds, 1950s, 29 with the ball, bowling, leg spin. Yeah. So, yeah. It's great. Pretty handy. Yeah. Uh, Steve Orwood coming to my side at six. Mm-hmm. And then the last spot left is my wicket keeper, which I'm going with Andy Flower. Um, yeah. And Grant Flower would make up my uh, my 12th man. <laughs> Grant, the drinks. Grant, Grant's got the drinks. Um, um, yeah, Andy Flower is a guy that if he, you know, if he played for England or Australia or South Africa or anywhere like yeah. that would be considered right up there as one of the best players that have played. Mm-hmm. You know, he averaged over 50 playing for a really struggling mm-hmm. um, Zimbabwean side. Yeah, he, was, I mean, he, he helped make that Zimbabwean side... Can give it credibility. Yeah, you've got to admire that. I mean, when Zimbabwe were just nowhere as a nation, he was still ranked one of the top three in the world. Yeah. Um, and you don't see that very often. No, it's very hard to have a yeah. guy that's um, probably the only – I don't even think it's really fair to Afghanistan to say this, but Rashid Khan is probably one of those the, guys. A real outlier. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's no one really that I can think of that you – maybe like Jason Holder as an all-rounder for a struggling West Indies side. But yeah. um, mm. it's very often that you have a guy that is just sort of like this real outlier to the calibre of players around him yeah, the way you, that you're probably, Andy Flower was. You, for You probably kind of think that, that uh, a lot of the time their stats get kind of ruined as well by the situations that they get put in as well. Yeah. Yeah, how many times did the top order collapse and you've got yeah. Andy Flower coming out to a yeah. brand new ball, whereas if he was playing with a decent one, two, and three, he'd come out to mm. far more favourable conditions, all those sort of things. Yeah. Still average 50. Um, and, yeah, one of the one of the greatest players that Zimbabwe's produced. Uh, pioneered the reverse sweep. I think he was one of the first guys to really just like, you know, like people would lap the ball reverse before him, but he was one of the first guys to like, Sort of change hands and really sort of like yeah, get in and really crack it. it. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, reading it out in order because I did it a little differently to Glenn. I did uh, the yep. my pairs. So it would be Chris Broad, Mark War, George Headley, Graham Pollock, Hanif Muhammad, Steve War, Andy Flower, Mushtaq Muhammad, Sean Pollock, Stuart Broad, Dean Headley, and Grant Flower is yep. my twelfth man. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's our uh, It's All Relative 11. I like it. <laughs> um, we know how I am a sucker for yeah. picking an 11. Just picking a theoretical 11. Picking theoretical 11s is yep. what we do. That's right. Uh, um, so uh, that brings our podcast to a close for tonight. Mm. Did we uh, Did we forget anyone? I, I I'm, feel sure like we, I'm sure there's plenty of people out you, there. Like You could make an argument for the Hussey brothers. Yeah, the Hussies yeah. are one that we probably didn't. Uh, they're the Gregories. Are, I needed bowlers though. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> the Gregories, they played um, uh, back in the day for the Australian side. Mm. Um, yeah, there's, there's plenty there. And like I said, there's plenty of really good players who there's have the, had the relatives. Marsh brothers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nah. We've had um, we've had plenty of good players have played. Can you have with, two twelve men with a, with, <laughs> and their 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 sibling or parents or yeah. nephew or uncle hasn't quite cut the mustard enough to make that. Where yeah. like you know Richard Hadley was a prime one. He would make yeah both of these sides easily. But mm. I feel like he, I feel like the other guys got their test caps. Just on the basis that their last name was Hadley, they're like, "Oh, we've got to get it. We've got to give him." I a was go. surprised, like Hadleys and the Bracewells. Like there were, like, there's lots of yeah. cricketing families mm. in in New Zealand where there's yeah. just like heaps of people that have you know, McCullums, Crows. Yeah, but there's um, one that's really good and one that's really just not average. Yeah, I mean, they're good. <laughs> like they're good enough they're to playing. play for their country. Yeah, but yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, there's one that is just is. Pretty, so much yeah. better than the rest of them. So it's like, well, why does why does one get all the talent? <laughs> when you look at like the what happened to Dean War? How does he feel? <laughs> yeah, like there's there's just 
there's just like there's a Steve and a Dean everywhere through those <laughs> those um, New Zealand you know pairings. Yeah, just one that's just like wow. Why can't you be like your brother? <laughs> yeah, the totally. so many Kiwi Martin, fathers at their time. Well, why Martin. can't you play like your brother? <laughs> <laughs> That'll do us. We're yeah. going to get out of here and go watch some test cricket. So next awesome. week we will we'll have a chat about um, England versus New Zealand and see how that goes. Yeah. Yep. That's good. And the World Test Championship coming up. World Test Championship coming up as well. Uh, um, get online and post on our Facebook page. Can you come up with a, yeah. a decent uh, it's all relative 11 with yeah. those rules? Father, son. Nephew, uncle, brothers. I See what you can come up with. I don't care if you make us look terrible. I mean, I I spent all of five minutes on mine, <laughs> so I, I I expect that you probably can make a better eleven than me. Do we? We're going to give him the opportunity. We were we were joking about this off air, but like because we were really struggling to find wicket keepers because I'd done yeah. mine earlier today and I'd taken yeah. the flowers, which is the obvious one, having yeah. uh, flowers as a wicket keeper and we were struggling to find who else had. Yeah. So that's why we sort of picked the but David. But you've got to take the, Grant as well. The David Murray and Everton yeah. Weeks one because it that's was right. gave, it gave us something to talk about about the Rebel it, Tours. It made my team much more amazing than it would have been. <laughs> yeah. But do we want to allow to have uh, father-in-law and son-in-laws because then, yeah. then, they, then they could pick Mitchell Stark and Ian Healy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna allow. Oh it. wait, no. He's Ian. Ian's not Alyssa's dad. It's his uncle. uncle. So that doesn't even. Yeah, he can't even have it anyway. So no. that's fine. That's right. Can't have no. nephew in law. You, you can have a li- Alyssa though. That's stretching it though. You can have Alyssa if you want to. I'll pick Alyssa a, as a wicket keeper. No, I'd pick yeah. Alyssa. I'd pick Alyssa to have Mitchell Stark in my side. <laughs> yep. Right. <laughs> You're gonna have to. Yeah, I mean, she's she'd be. Used to uh, actually, I think I'd pick Mitchell Stark so I could have Alyssa in my side. To be honest, the way they're playing at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Let's hope he turns it around. I I want to see him succeed again. All right, guys, that'll do us for tonight. I hope you had a good time listening. Get online, have a chat to us, uh, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Thanks, guys. Bye. Over. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.